The Angels won the first two games against the Texas Rangers, and John and I figured out why this is happening, and we're going to tell you. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We know you're here because the Angels are playing well and they beat the Rangers and we're all excited. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Sirius XM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, we're glad you're here. Make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed thank you for being here for this episode of Lockdown Angels where it's your team every day you've got the Frisch Brothers here with you aka the Super Halo Bros my name is John and that's my brother Mike and my name is Mike and that's my brother John hey we're so excited to talk Angels baseball here with you Monday through Friday every single day of the week where are you gonna go for such precise and in-depth coverage of your favorite team. It's Lockdown Angels, baby, and we're here every single weekday for you. Hey, Lockdown Everydayers, join us for Fan Mail Friday. Get your questions in. Give us a call on our voicemail line. And on today's show, we're going to talk about a few things, but we have a question here. Why would we choose to play Ward more than Mickey Moniak? Are you crazy? Have you seen Moniak out on the field? Well, we'll tell you why. And then we're going to talk about what's going on with Otani on the mound we are going to break that down for you we think that we have a pretty good answer but mike let's chat about last night's game against the texas rangers a big angels win seven to three on a gooby tuesday how about that johnny everybody was saying man if we could get a split wouldn't that be fantastic i know that was us two games we split there you go we got the split don't don't take your foot off that gas pedal, though, man. No. It's time to go. Now, let's talk about last night's game. Jaime Berea has been one of the best Angels starters since he was moved into the starting rotation. Yes. Struggled a bit last night, Johnny. Four and a third, seven hits, three earned, two Ks, two home runs, 93 pitches. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe and Corey Seager have figured him out. They went six for six against Berea. Uh, yeah. Seager doubled. Lowe had a home run. Seager had a solo shot in the fifth. Uh, John, it was there was some conversation on the audio side, but also on the video side, TV side, where Gooby was talking about Berea and his changeup and his fastball. They were in some bad spots against Seager and against Lowe. Mm-hmm. And Jaime said afterwards to Erica Weston that he's going to learn from this and he's going to keep working. By the way, I love that because yeah. this is what we want to hear from our players. And often we get kind of this neutral, ambiguous sort of comment. Jaime, great job. This is why we love you. This is why we're glad you're in that starting rotation. But he he really, really struggled against those two guys. It was really those two guys that got him yeah. out of the entire lineup. But that's why those guys are in that lineup, and that's right. why they're good. And that's why Texas has been good this year. But the good news is that the Angel bullpen has been really good, Johnny. Yeah, they came in, locked it down. Jimmy Herget came in to relieve Jaime Berea, uh, one and a third innings pitched, only one hit and one strikeout. Then, Mike, uh, they they replaced Jimmy Herget with Aaron Loop to go lefty-lefty against yeah. Corey Seager, who, again, had a big double against Jaime Berea and a solo home run. Aaron Loop got him out on two pitches. He got him to fly out. Unreal. Aaron Loop having some great outings recently? Maybe that 
trip to the IL really helped him out. <laughs> well, it's, I think what's it's helping Angel fans not to clinch their butts every time he comes in. Uh, you know, I was I wasn't as There's clinched. Uh, did you like that? I wasn't as clinched when he came in. And then Johnny, I I, I realized the night before Jose Soriano didn't get into the game, so it was good yes. that we had his fresh arm and he came in and just looks fantastic at inning and two strikeouts. And then Jacob Webb has just been quietly the MVP of this bullpen. Yeah, he went an inning uh, an inning and a third, one hit, one walk, one K. They did try to have him finish this game, but Johnny on a on a two a two on one out uh, situation, they decided, hey, it's a safe situation. Let's bring in Troy Person. I mean, let's bring in Carlos Estevez. <laughs> and Carlos pitched uh, two thirds of an inning. John got a got a strikeout, seven pitches, which was really great. And the dude got another save for this bullpen and for this team and closed out that win. So good. So good. Eight, 18 in a row now for Carlos yeah. Estevez. He's going for that 19 in a row record next time out. Mike, could he get 20 in a row? Should I tell our listeners what you said <laughs> uh, I, privately over the text message? Can I confess right now? Yeah. So I, I texted tell me your John. Sins, I, I texted John and when um, the game was, I think, four to three at the time. I said, you know, Estevez has been so good, but you know that there's probably going to be at some point this season where he does blow a save to, to just go through the season perfect is is kind of extraordinary. So if he does it, awesome. So I said, Johnny, I hate that I'm about to say this, but if he's going to blow a save, this would be the game that he would blow a save in. And, and Johnny texted me back and he said, well, Neto just hit a home run, so yeah. there's some room. <laughs> and so I was like thank, thankful for that. And then they ended up adding on a couple extra runs, which was fantastic. So, Angel fans, please forgive me. I was just yeah. thinking, like, I wonder if this would be the game. And would, be, would, would we be okay with that? Because they've been competitive. But thankfully, he has been just so consistent out of that bullpen. And he's been the closer that we have needed for years. I'm going to tell on you to Estevez, and then you're going to have to face him face-to-face, man. He's a big boy. That's going to be ugly. Uh, listen, uh, Hunter Renfro got a two-run home run. It was the yep. go-ahead home run to make it 4-3 to three in the sixth. In the seventh, Chad Wallach took a walk. Mickey Moniak singled. And then Neto was asked to bunt, yeah. which he did successfully after two strikes. So that's that was a big risk, but he got the bunt down with two strikes. Here's the problem, Mike. Ward struck out. Otani was intentionally walked. Yeah. And then Drury struck out. Yeah. I understand getting runners over to second and third because at the very least Ward should have walked to load the bases or made contact for a sacrifice fly. I think in that situation, you can expect that, but because he struck out, Otani didn't get to hit and then Drury struck out. Uh, my my opinion after watching Zach Neto hit two doubles, let him swing it. Yeah. And he proved why later because he added a two run home run right in the ninth to add on. He made it six to three. Shohei walked. Steal second, and then Drury with an RBI single makes it seven to three. And then right. I can't gloss over this, Mike. How about Mickey Moniak robbing Ezekiel Duran of a home run in left center field? He gets up on that wall and reaches over and catches that. He's playing center field because it was a troutless lineup, and here we are still winning seven to three. Yeah, how great is it that we can rest our regulars? and still have a game like this. It's fantastic, and, and Mickey Modiak doing his best Mike Trout impression by climbing that wall. John, let me take it back to Zach Neto for just a moment. You know, you and I have talked about, and Angel fans have talked about, Phil Nevin playing some small ball, and, and, and this is one of those instances where if they scored a run, I think it would be celebrated, but because they didn't score the run, and there was a strikeout, and then an intentional walk, and then another strikeout, he can kind of get some some 
garbage for that. And I know, I know Neto has been hot and, and that's the thing. It seemed like it was probably not the best decision at the time. I do like the idea of small I get ball it. though. Yeah. I do totally. like that idea. It was just like Neto, seriously, like he's, he's, his bat's on fire. If this was NBA jam from the early nineties, <laughs> you know, like he, he's on fire. Right. And, and so it was just kind of silly that he had a bat in that situation and then bunt, you know, to move, try to move those runners over. Mike, let me tell you and our listeners and viewers why you tune into Locked On Angels, because we do our best to bring you insights, data, statistics that are going to give you information into not just the Angels, but the other teams. And a few weeks ago, we talked about the Rangers and how they have been so on fire. Speaking of NBA Jam, (laughs) their entire lineup has been on fire, but their expected numbers say that this team is outperforming what they're expected to do. Yep. So they were due for regression. Mike, are we seeing regression right now? I think we are. I think that we're seeing the Rangers come back down to earth. I think they're good. They're and, great. Yeah. And I and I think that they've they've proven to be good. But everybody in their starting lineup with an OPS over 800 mm-hmm. is an anomaly, right? It's not yeah. going to it's not always going to happen. And remember, there's 162 games. I think the Angels have caught fire at the right time, sure. but the Rangers have also slowed down a bit. And this is really what we talked about earlier this season. That June is really a pivotal time for the Halos. They've always been a team that if they're going to be really really good at the end of the year, June is when they really start to turn the volume up. It's when they really start to get on fire they start to catch fire and that's exactly what's happening and i think that the team that we expected them to be is starting to figure it out now perry's made some great moves to get that bullpen where it needs to be around injuries and around you know ryan to not being there and all that but i think that what we're seeing with the texas rangers is exactly what we talked about just a couple of weeks ago that they're they're coming down to earth. Still a good team, but they're actually starting to match up with the expected numbers that they were expected to put up. And the Angels have found them in this moment and have taken full advantage of that. We're hoping that the Angels can take the series tonight at 5.05 Pacific time. They're back at it. Mike the Heen Dog is on the mound for the Texas Rangers. Maybe right. we can... We can uh, make sure he's the Heen puppy. John, he's going to either go seven innings and not give up a run, or he's going to go ten strikeouts, like like three innings and give up nine. (laughs) Yeah, all home runs. (laughs) Yes, right. Uh, They're back at it at five oh five tonight. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Coming up on Lockdown Angels, we're going to tell you why we believe that Taylor Ward should start more than Moniac. What? We'll tell you why in just a minute. Locked on Angels is brought to you by the Game Time app. With the Game Time app, buying tickets is fast and easy. You can forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals right up until the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time app guarantee gives you the best price always, every single time. On the Game Time app, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps in your set. You can see the images of where you are going to sit so that you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can discover the lowest price guarantee, which is really great, and you can get event 
cancellation protection. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. Don't have to dig through email. And if you find tickets in the same section in the same row for less, Game Time will give you a credit of 110% of the difference. How about that? Grab tickets without the stress with the Game Time app. You can download it right now, create an account, use our promo code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Remember, some terms do apply. Again, create an account, use our promo code locked on MLB. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Hey, Lockdown Everydayers, join us this Friday for Fan Mail Friday and get back to watching the Angels tonight at 5.05 Pacific Time. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. There's been a lot of conversation about Shohei Otani and his pitching and his sweeper and he shouldn't throw that. Should he call his own pitches? All of that has been a narrative, right? The interesting thing is that his numbers aren't that far off from where they were last year. He actually has some better numbers than where he was last year. Johnny, a lot of people have been freaking out and, and you and I have decided to help them. And so would you give us a, before you freak out, before you lose your mind, would you, <laughs> would you calm us down and, and help us to see this in a reasonable way? Yeah, before we freak out, let's just all be reminded that Shohei Otani has a 5-2 and two record this year. He's got a 3.32 ERA, 76 innings pitched, 13 starts, and a 172 batting average against, an ERA plus of 131, which means he's 31% better at pitching mm. than the league average. Mike, I, I, he's got 13 starts so far, right? Yep. And so I looked at each of the years and of, of his good pitching, which was really 2021. I know he pitched some in 2018. The 2021 is kind of where we got the onset of Otani, the yeah. age of Otani, right? <laughs> uh, this year, of course, a 3.32 ERA. 2022, his best pitching year, honestly, a 2.68 ERA through 13 starts. And in 2021, a 3.49 ERA. So 2023 is actually better than 21 and 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 not as good as 22. Wins and losses through 13 starts. In 23 it's 5 and 2, in 22 it's 7 and 4, and in 2021 it's 4 and 1. Finally the batting average against through 13 starts. In 2023 of course a 172 batting average. Last year it was a 209 batting average mm. and in 2021 it was a 195 batting average. So all of that to say his numbers, maybe the ERA, which is only about 60 points higher than it was last year, um, it, they're all pretty much in line with what he's done over the last right. three years. But Mike, I think a lot of the questions come down to what's changed with Shohei Otani. Yeah. And I think there's four things that you and I can look at that we should discuss. Who's catching him? The catcher behind the dish. Maybe it's the pitch clock. Maybe it's calling his own pitches. Or maybe it's the new schedule. Mike, what do you think about the catcher? Do you think that influences him? I don't think so. And and, and here's why. I, I know that he worked with Kurt Suzuki um, in one of his best pitching years. And he's also worked with Stassi, Ohapi. He's worked with Chad Wallach. Suzuki, when he caught him in his best years, it was good. But he didn't really frame Shohei very well. No, so I mean, no. he probably would have had a better year if, if Suzuki wouldn't have the noodle arm. He just would yeah. constantly let it drop, right? Um, he's also had some really great starts with with Wallach and Ohapi before uh, Logan got hurt. So I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the catcher. There's been a lot of conversation, Johnny, about the pitch clock. What do you think about that? Yeah, pitch clock-wise, uh, before there was a pitch clock, Otani 
was 350th in pitch tempo among 390 qualified <laughs> wow. pitchers. It was slow. <laughs> uh, at 21.7 seconds between okay. pitches. This year, his tempo is 15.3, and that's because with no runners on, it's 15-second limit, and with runners on, it's 20 seconds. So he's about 15.3 seconds, and he's middle of the pack at 224. The same tempo as Patrick Sandoval, slightly faster than Matt Moore. I think he's adjusted to the pitch clock. Hmm. However, Mike, the word out there is that because there's a pitch clock, it's what's caused him to call his own pitches. Why don't yeah. you talk about that? Yeah, uh, Otani has actually been using the pitch comm since last year. Stassi was actually calling the pitches last year, mm-hmm. now doing that this year. And the reason why, John, is because he doesn't feel there's enough time to communicate with the catcher. You'll notice that he'll always fold his arm and then he's pressing the buttons. He's memorized mm-hmm. where, where the pitches are on the buttons. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's constantly doing that. Uh, Shohei really is making all of the decisions that possibly could be a factor and it could be a factor as to why there's so many sweepers. Um, so that, that could be something, but I think, I think you're on to something when it comes to the fourth factor, the fourth thing we're going to talk about, and that's the new schedule, John. Talk about that. Yeah, I dove into the new schedule. Listen to this. The plan, obviously, this year was for Shohei to pitch every sixth day instead of every sixth start. So rather than going through all six pitchers before he pitches again, it's a six-day schedule. Now, in 13 starts in 2023, his 13th start came on June 9th this year and he averaged 4.9 days of rest between each start. However, I do need to caveat that the start in Boston, which got rain delayed, was only two innings. Yeah, He did go again three days later uh, against Kansas City in Anaheim. But even with that said, if, if he took away that Boston start, he would still be up to 13 starts probably today, maybe yesterday, right? So he's... At 13 starts at June 9th this year, Mike, last year, he didn't get his 13th start until June 29th, wow. averaging 5.9 days of rest. And then in in 2021, he didn't have his 13th start until July 6th, wow. averaging six days of rest. So again, this year, his 13th start came on June 9th. Last year, June 29th, his 13th start in 2021, July 6th. So mm. he recently said that he's been feeling fatigued, not feeling like himself this year. And Mike, he's only had two days off so yeah. far this season. So wow. after going over everything, do you think it's the new schedule or do you think it's one of those other factors? I think I think it's going to be that new schedule, John. And, and if I had to rank him, I would say the new schedule just because he's got shorter amounts of time in between yeah. each start. I like and- that because it, it feels like it could be all of these things, right? Yeah, but yeah. I think the biggest thing is probably that schedule. And you mentioned his fatigue. I think him calling his own pitches, and, and I'm really reading into it now, but if he's if he's tired physically, he's probably tired mentally as well. Mm. And so if he's calling his own pitches, I think he's probably thinking, uh, yeah, that's sweeper. Uh, yeah, that's sweeper. Uh, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like that could be a factor in that. And and then if he is, if he is tired, then with the pitch clock and the factor in that, I think he's feeling maybe maybe he's feeling a bit rushed and he's picking out those pitches as well. So I don't think a catcher really has an impact as much as we think that it does, although I think that they do have some sort of an impact. But I don't think that it's really impacting his pitching this year. Do you agree? Well, Stassi caught his best year in 2022. Because you remember in 2021, they kept pairing him up with Suzuki and yeah. Stassi got him some of the time. Yeah. But really, him and Stassi together 
was a great duo. And with Stassi calling the game for him from behind the dish, I think if there's anything catcher-wise, I think it is, number one, it's that Stassi called a good game behind the plate. And he worked really well with Otani. But Mike, yep. the fact that his his rest between starts has gone down from six days to 5.9 this year, 4.9 days of rest. And again, having his 13th start at the beginning of June as opposed to the end of June or the beginning of July, that's like almost a whole month's worth of, yeah. of game time and starts happening. Uh, so that was really eye-opening to me. So again, I think the new schedule has led to some of this fatigue. And for goodness sakes, I know he's swinging a hot bat right now, so maybe you don't want to until you leave Texas, but give the guy a day off, for goodness sakes. Johnny, we, we've talked a lot about Taylor Ward on this show. We've talked a lot about Mickey Moniak on this show. And there's been some debate when Taylor Ward was really struggling. Like, why is he still in there? And then when Mickey Moniak would have a great game, people are like, how come Phil didn't put him in there again? And and so you and I actually have been talking a lot off the air about this dynamic of Ward and Moniak. And we've actually wrestled through like, well, what's better? Is, is having Ward in there over Moniak better? Or is having Moniak in there over Ward better? Mm -hmm. I think, John, the numbers actually tell us that it's better to have Ward start more often over Moniak. And here's why. Ward is a much better player when he gets consistent playing time, but specifically mm. when he gets consistent at bats. Mm. You actually said yeah on yesterday's show that it took him about 18 games, 49 plate appearances to start going again when he was really yeah. struggling at the start yeah. of the year. And it takes him kind of this rhythm of, I need to be in there. I need to see pitches. I need to do some of those things. It's why some fans were saying, hey, let's send him down and let him fix it in AAA. But I think that he needs to see major league pitching in order to fix it. And what we found in the stats with Mickey Moniak is that Moniak has been pretty great when he's had a day off or when he's had a spot start or when he's just jumped in after not being in there for a few mm -hmm. games. Check out, check out this. After four days off in May, Moniak had three hits and five total bases against the White Sox in 10 at-bats over two games. Mm -hmm. Interesting thing about that was that Moniak actually had a day off in between those games, and he still mm. produced. And then if you go to June, Moniak had a really good game June 7th, three RBIs against the Cubbies. Then he had a day off on June 8th and was back on June 9th, and he hit a home run and had two RBIs. John, I think the stats actually say that keeping Ward in there consistently is going to benefit Ward. Hmm. And Moniak has actually shown to be somebody that can come off the bench and perform immediately and doesn't necessarily need those consistent at-bats. This is probably why they brought up Mickey Moniak and not Joe Adele. Hmm. Joe Adele is kind of a Taylor Ward type of player. He needs those consistent at-bats. So really the question for us to answer, John, is – would you prefer to have Ward over Moniak based upon the stats that we're seeing right now? Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I feel like with Taylor Ward, if you want to keep him good, which you need a good Taylor Ward for sure. You don't want him bringing down his the lineup with his batting average and whatnot. Yeah. So if, if consistency is going to keep Taylor Ward strong and producing the way that he does, I'm all for starting him over Moniak. And, and to know that Moniak can 
take a game off, come back in, perform well, come back two days later and perform well. That that takes talent. That's a mm-hmm. talent in and of itself. And like you said, so many guys need consistent at bats, and maybe Joe Adele is that type of guy. Mickey Moniak is like, yeah, I'll play. Put me in. I'll, right. whatever, I'll do whatever you want. Right. I mean, Tuesday night, he is in center field for Mike Trout. Again, robbing Ezekiel Duran of that home run. That's incredible. Mike, I, I, I would love to see him be the guy who gets plugged in as much as possible. And what I mean by that is, like like last night, when Trout needs a day off, you put Mickey Moniak in there. Yeah. When Renfro, who I know he hit the two-run home run last night, but Renfro's not been particularly strong lately. And if he needs a day off, Moniak's your guy. I, I think he he's an interesting fourth outfielder because it's not like Brett Phillips where it was like, yeah. hey, we'll, we'll use you when we need you. Moniak's a guy that you want to get in there, you know, five days out of the week if you're playing seven days that week, right? And yep. and for him to find a way into this lineup, whether it's, you know, filling in for Trout, Renfro, even Ward. Ward's going to need time off. I think Moniak's the perfect guy to take his spot. But I hear what you're saying. It's it's Ward needs consistency, and that's why he needs to start more than Moniak. But at the end of the day, I want to see Moniak in there as much as possible. So it's not that we're saying like we prefer one over the other. It's yeah. more, it's more, here's here's what the results show. Here's what the stats show. And it's Ward needs consistency. Moniac is a pick up and play kind yep. of guy. And yep. and he succeeds at that. I agree. And and I think this is why what you just said was was super good. Like I think maybe he he can play four times, five times a week by just subbing in for Trout, for Renfro, and for Ward. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't want to have those guys out of the lineup for too long and too sure. often. But I think when you have somebody like a Mickey Moniak who can pick up and play, I think it's fantastic. Even even defensively, like a defensive replacement in left field for Taylor Ward, I think would be really smart in the late innings because mm-hmm. Ward has shown to not be somebody that's going to take any risks. His numbers don't say that he's a bad defensive outfielder, but he's because it's because he's not taking risks, right? Safe. It's because he's yeah. not diving. And so uh, I, I like having Mickey Moniak in there. And, and can I just say this before you respond? I'm not talking about you, Johnny, but I'm talking about those watching and listening before you respond and say, well, how about Ward at first bait? And we put Mickey <laughs> Moniak left. Stop, stop it. Stop. Stop it. Don't do that. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. The Angels play the Rangers tonight at 5.05 Pacific time. Reed Detmer's back on the mound, Johnny. Hopefully he can get win number two. Gosh, man, if we can get three games in a row, this would we, be fantastic. We need Reed Detmer's to go into the seventh. Yes. That's what I'm hoping for tonight. Yeah, no pressure. Uh, you can catch every pitch. Reed's pitches tonight on the Angels Hometown Broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram so you can get all the latest updates and news from us about your halos and stuff regarding the show. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, help us out by subscribing. Really helps out the channel. Click that subscribe button if you haven't already. It's like it's like you've been staying at our house for months and you and you like are paying rent. You gotta hit that subscribe <laughs> button for us. Come on. And if you're listening on the audio side, come on over to the YouTube side. Jump in on the episode and get in to the comments below. Hey, Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Hey, get out of the fridge until you hit that subscribe <laughs> That's button. my milk. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, so the trade deadline, Johnny, is coming in less Ooh. than 40 games. And so I'm excited about that. 
We're going to tell you why you should trust GM PM to make the moves necessary to improve this team. We're going to talk about that tomorrow on Locked On Angels. Can't wait to have that conversation. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Thanks for being here with us, and we'll see you back here for more Locked On Angels. Locked On Angels.